Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast, and Happy New Year. It is 2023. We are entering our third year of doing this show, which is just incredible. I think we might actually hit our 100th episode later this year. I'm going to have to double-check that and see if my math is correct. But hoping you all had a very happy holiday season and are just enjoying the beginning of this new year. We're going to make it a great one, and we can't wait to introduce ourselves and hopefully you to a bunch of new music. As always, big shout-out to the guys over at the Pantheon Podcast crew. All your musical podcast needs can be found right there. So on the first show of the year, I am so pleased to have Nicholas and Brian, the duo who make up the singers and songwriters of Francis Luke Accord. They have an amazing new album called Safe and Sound, which is being released for your listening pleasure on February 9th. And today we get a chance to hear how they came together as a band in college, We get to hear him banter about a couple of songs and how those came together. Fun fact, they don't always agree. And of course, we get the stories behind some of the tracks off of the new album. I'm terribly excited about this show and looking forward to starting the year off right with the Song Facts podcast. So please sit back and enjoy Francis Luca Cord. No time to hide. Okay, well, let me just kick it off then. I really appreciate you guys coming on here and welcome to the Song Facts podcast. Are you guys familiar with the Song Facts website by chance? A little bit, yeah. Um, Yeah, an amazing database of stuff. It's something that before I started doing this show, like I would frequent it just because it's one of those places where you hear a song, you're like, what the hell is that about? And then I would just like automatically go to that and nine times out of 10, they had it. So then when I pitched the show idea to the editor, it it just rang true with me and 
I've been listening to this new album a lot over the last month. I, my wife and I were just down in Panama for some travel and doing a little bit of work down there. And I got to tell you, this music with a cup of coffee, a nice ocean breeze, it just <laughs> hits. <laughs> so good work on that. I don't know if that was the vision you had, but that's what it hit for me. Thanks, man. Yeah, we we hope that this we when we first started really pulling this whole record together, we were really hoping that uh, it embodied some of the kind of like um, calm and peacefulness that we were trying to attain in our own lives. <laughs> so, yeah, because so this I'm was kind of. It was birthed out of COVID for the most part, right? Like there's a chaos and you guys were trying to find some sort of tranquility and calm, it sounds like. Yeah, some of the songs uh, had been started pre-COVID, a number of them actually. But, okay. but yeah, during COVID was when a lot of it was recorded. Um, and needless to say, COVID was a damn tumultuous time. Uh, for the band, you know, we had been uh, we had, had been torn a whole bunch, you know, after our debut record Flute came out in 2016, um, you know, finally gotten gotten an agent in December of 2019, promptly lost that agent in April of 2020 with COVID. And so it was like, oh, shit, how do we like make how do we continue this, you know, without uh, income from um, from touring? And and yeah, so lots of external anxiety. Um, and so trying to find some internal, you know, calm in the music was, you know, definitely. Yeah. And I think like <laughs> I think both, both seeking. obviously the vibe of the, the album and just like the, like I, the tranquility of it that I keep coming back to, that's the kind of word that pops into my head as I'm going through it track by track. Um, it just kind of, it does that. It's just a very calming thing. I, I, I think for me, it's just a perfect thing to just like start my day with. And I, I really like that because not all music is finds that place right away in the morning. And, um, but I want to go back a little bit before we like start really jumping into the album. And I want to just kind of, I always really enjoy learning about how people came together creatively. So Brian, why don't you tell us how the two of you came together and started playing? It sounds like it was kind of a college thing. Yeah, it was. We met at the very end of high school. Actually, we both went to rival Catholic high schools in South Bend Amazing. Uh, he was dating one of my good friends, uh, and that individual is no longer in the narrative of of the band. But anyways, we, uh, yeah, we went to college together then um, in South Bend, uh, and yeah, just our mutual love of songwriting, I think, uh, you know, drew us to each other. Um, and then we also have pretty remarkably similar kind of backgrounds. It's it's hmm. kind of funny. Both of our moms are from California, the Bay Area. Both of our dads are from the Midwest, uh, so there is, I think, a good bit of value alignment, you know, uh, yeah. which is important when you're, you know, not only writing with somebody, but also, you know, uh, in business with somebody. It's like there's got to be, you know, uh, it's just important. Uh, anyways, so, so yeah, I think it's, it's definitely came together in college, uh, and we just, you know, consider ourselves to be really lucky to have been able to do it for this long um and you know it's a gift uh yeah. to get the, to get you to know, as as buddy. someone who played music for a long time with a one of my like good friends that I think I met like freshman year in high school there is something to that we kind of learned our instruments together and then branched off into songwriting and and doing things like that and 
it makes me just kind of wonder if you guys have any memories of some of the early sit downs and playing together in jams that you just kind of realized, oh, something different here is connecting. And uh, maybe Nicholas, you can you can take a stab at this one because you, you play music with a lot of different people, but there's not always that chemistry. And you guys obviously have it. And I'm wondering if you can remember like, oh, we just found something here. If there was that moment. Yeah, you know, Corey, I really appreciate that question. Uh, we <laughs> literally just on our on our last tour in September, uh, I think Brian popped out a CD that was just lost underneath the seat of his car like a long time <laughs> ago. And and we popped it in and it was like all of the old stuff that we'd worked on like before we were ever a band. Oh, really. amazing. And uh, yeah, it really was a trip through memory lane. <laughs> and and that was that was like uh that was a time in our lives when again like we you know we hadn't started the band but we were sort of uh getting to know each other through our music you know yeah. and i don't know that i could put my finger on like one thing or another uh about the music per se i think it was just more the confluence of like a lot of different factors one of which was definitely just like the fact that we were in south end indiana and there weren't that many people that interested <laughs> in songwriting and and song you know production and and uh figuring out how to tour and that kind of a thing um we were you know far away from a lot of that stuff at, still at that point but it was uh it was it was kind of a meeting of of ambition and inspiration and vision that pulled us together and sort of kept that engine going and going and going until we eventually decided to move to Chicago together and just, you know, really commit. Yeah. And I mean, I think from a songwriting perspective, it's like what you said, if you guys are on polar opposites and someone brings a song in and you're like, I don't resonate with that at all. You know, that's gotta be something that's very much considered and then the other thing that I think of is, are you guys both multi-instrumentalists? Do you guys kind of, if there's a string on the instrument, you guys can sit there and figure it out for the most part? Because there's so many different instruments going on and they all blend together really well. So when I was listening to it and trying to like imagine you guys playing early on, I'm like, does someone come in strumming a song and then someone's a natural finger picker that just adds this nice melody to it and you guys just kind of had this kind of meshing or is all that stuff really kind of, more thought out than more organic, I guess, is my question. Well, let, can, let me take this, Nick. So yeah. Nick is a phenomenal studio producer, phenomenal musician across the board. So he, we, we are both multi-instrumentalists, but Nick is responsible for a lot of the uh the production work a lot of the layering that that you hear the you know the richness of uh you know the a lot of the arrangements got it okay and yeah. for anybody listening nick is coming to us from like a homemade soundproof <laughs> basement in philly right now it just looks absolutely beautiful and like i just love that some stuff's still happening in a basement don't, somewhere. don't look too close for it <laughs> you, can, you can barely see him amongst the soundproof really yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> just, just pretty much swallowing him up the pillows all over yeah um yeah well uh and to continue on that point um Yes, we are both multi-instrumentalists. And I think one of the, another one of the things that really got us going and, and like interested in being a band uh, was in some ways the fact that we both 
really are native to guitar. Like we're mm. very like guitar, acoustic guitar in particular is the song or is the instrument that we both started writing songs on. And I think in some ways, uh, having that as a sort of common ground to begin with was one of the things that allowed us to, especially once we moved to Chicago, start thinking about how to break that into different dimensions. And uh, that was when Brian started playing mandolin, um, which is like, you know, a huge part of the signature sound, you know, of our recorded music, but, but especially of our live show. Um, and, uh, and other instruments like, uh, I don't know, electric guitars. And I'm a huge fan of just like finding uh, a new instrument or, or finding a new way to record an instrument. Um, so uh, sort of pushing at the edges, starting of, you know, starting with like guitar, pushing at the edges of like what we could do with guitars and then moving beyond uh, guitars into like, you know, more complicated or complex string ensemble stuff. Yeah. Um, I really so Brian when you were did you teach yourself mandolin because I hear the mandolin throughout the album but it's not the mandolin that I think people would traditionally think of I think you bring a really <laughs> unique phrasing to it which I found like really refreshing thank you I I I would say unique is a generous term there I'm <laughs> such an amateur mandolin player and you know when I hear bluegrass mandolin players play I am full of envy every time. Uh, so, so yeah, my my playing is definitely uh, more textural, and uh, and yes, I started learning when we moved to Chicago because it was kind of like, well, we can't just both play guitar all the time; that'd be boring, you know. So one of us has got to, you know, pick up yep. the baby one. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so we're gonna get into some of these songs now. The new album is called Safe in Sound which I really like. I think that that's just kind of, this is just like a little nest of an album. There's just something just so like safe about it. It really is. You guys did a good job with that. It's dropping on February 9th. So it's going to be a few weeks after the release of the show. So make sure you guys check it out. Um, as I said, I've been listening and just loving it. My wife as well. And um, did you guys record this pretty much entirely remotely? That was one of the things that I think I read and that's, fascinating to me i wonder if you guys could touch on that a little bit yeah do you want me to take this question um for thank you Corey. that's really those are really kind words i'm really glad that you enjoyed uh listening to this yeah uh, and yeah it was largely remote recording the um the core a lot of the core tracking that uh we started from happened was like a month before lockdown, mm. I want to say, or like two months maybe before lockdown. No, not even actually. It was it was weeks before lockdown, wasn't it? Okay, yeah, so we're we, looking at like February 2020. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We met up in uh, in Michigan uh, in a house for a week and and knocked out a lot of the core stuff. And then, yeah, the world shut down. <laughs> right. So we needed a we needed to keep working on it. Obviously, you know, like we already talked about um, the shift in uh you know production modality definitely put a damper on uh our our pace a bit but uh we you know just persevered through it we just uh you know it's it's really easy to collaborate remotely now uh in music it's not like you know it's 1980 and we're all trying to like send <laughs> each other cassettes or any something like that you know um it's really easy 
uh, we and and now I feel like uh, we well actually I should say we had been living apart for some years at that point, so we were pretty used to the process of sharing things on Google Drive and stuff like that. Um, obviously, there's a huge difference between recording like, or writing and recording something and then sending it off to somebody to listen to later uh, as opposed to being in the same room and just like being in the same moment and experiencing that moment together. So that was the main challenge, I think, was like just making sure that through all of that, we were still unified in our vision and in what we, you know, in our desire for what we wanted out of the, out of the project. Yeah, because feel... And like the energy that's created is something that's really important. And I'm always curious, like I've recorded songs, like uh, I'll do like a guitar track and send it to my friend and be like, can you add a drum track to this and do stuff like that? And I'm just like, I'm always wondering if that song would end up the same if you were in person. And um, I think if you really take your time and get meticulous with it, then it can. But um, I'm I'm the reason that I don't continue to do music is because I'm not that meticulous. I just like to like <laughs> sit down and like flutter away on a guitar, or whatever I'm playing at the time, and just kind of like I'm not that. Uh, I, I've I've never taken it full on seriously, which you guys obviously do because I feel like the way you guys layer and texture things, everything is so well thought out and like produced really well. And obviously, that's attributed a lot to what it sounds like, Nicholas, down in that amazing basement. <laughs> um you're public yeah <laughs> although i will say you know the meticulousness can be our fatal flaw sometimes too we 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 definitely For sure yeah you know, <laughs> oh yeah we are not always uh not always good at choosing the right things to be meticulous about. yeah there's there's a perfectionist thing my wife's a, an amazing video editor and that's something that i i'm like how do you know when it's done like i think about painters and things like that i'm like when when do you know that that last brush stroke and just t- sit back and that's it. Like I I've never been able to like, to me, I'm like almost like hurried at the end to just be like, okay, close the book onto the next one. And um, to sit there and just continue picking away at things just isn't in my nature, but I think that it is for you guys and, and it really shows. And this, okay. So let's start with this song, Sunnyside. Take me, mom, take me. Could you take me on down, on down from my ring? You guys were nice enough to write down some blurbs um, that your publicist shared with me about each of these songs. And before I read those, I wanted to like go through and just kind of put one word or a couple words to each of the songs as I was listening to them. And a lot of the times, like for the songs that I've chosen to kind of ask you guys about, they did match up. Um, the one thing that I wrote for Sunnyside was hope. And um, you guys kind of touched on that in your description that as well. It's a beautiful tune. I absolutely adore it. How did this one come together? Uh, so I was the primary writer on this one, uh, and it took a long, uh, it's, man, it's, it started on guitar. Um, I think the, the initial lyrics that it started out as bluebird, oh, bluebird, da, 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 da. So it took a really long time to come, uh, you know, to the lyrics that, uh, that ended up being there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and like all of our, you know, tunes for pretty much, uh, you know, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have, uh, it wouldn't be what it is, you know, without both of our brains pushing at it at a lot of different times and a lot of different, um, a lot of different angles. Uh, so, so yeah, I think a lot of that hope that you, you're, you know, uh, calling out to Corey, it, it occurs in the third verse, for sure, um, which uh, I definitely remember, uh, which Nick definitely had a good bit of, like one day we will see eye to eye, you and me. I'm pretty sure that Nick, Nick, I think I remember being stuck at that moment, and then Nick came up with those lyrics and was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's definitely that feels great there for <laughs> sure." So, uh, so yeah, definitely a tune that starts dark on top of this really warm, you know, loop uh, yeah. that ends, ends hopeful. And I think we were both, I'm so glad to hear that, you know, it, it, that song resonates with you. Cause I think we're both really proud of, uh, of how it came out. Um, and I, I definitely don't think it would be what it is. Um, had we not gotten a chance to work on it in the same room in Michigan, right before COVID shut down. Um, because in that room in Michigan was one of our favorite violinists out there, Katie Van Dusen. Um, and I think her, you know, her playing just really, really opens that, like, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to picture that track being, uh, as emotionally, uh, uh, deep, I guess, as it is without her, her playing on it. Um, yeah. so I think she was a big piece to that too, but totally a team effort, uh, all the way around. I'm so glad you, so glad you like it, Corey. Yeah, absolutely. Nicholas, anything to add? Only that I think this is a really good, I'm glad that Brian said that because this is a really good example of how I think all of our best music happens. Um, you know, it starts, it's got to start somewhere. It's got to start in one of our heads, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't really fully take shape until it is really shared. And I don't mean like, oh, you show it to somebody and they give you your feedback. I mean, like, handing over the reins to somebody else to say like yes no and that's like a huge part of our process even before a song gets on the table for a record um is that process of like uh sifting through the various you know ditties and voice memos and things that like you know that capture certain like components of a song melodies or riffs or things like that um and then before we even develop it, we take it to the table and we're like, take it to the other person and the other songwriter, producer, and, uh, you know, do a thumbs up, thumbs down and a bit of a, you know, sort of initial critique to sort of figure out what we want out of that, that tune, what we're hearing, other artists that were, that are inspiring us, stuff like that. Um, and that lasts through the whole process um, of, with all of the songs that we make. And I feel like that has come to really define how we work and in some ways also why we are so meticulous <laughs> but uh but but i think that's the best way to be meticulous is to like uh when you get to the point where you feel like uh you've done what you can or uh you know or or you're hitting a wall or something like that that's, that's where the other person comes in and can really really pick the the piece back up um and that was just that was the story of every single song on this record yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the qualities of finding one, a writing partner that you can just a writing partner in general. And then two, someone that can almost like finish your sentences for you of like, I'm stuck here. 
they can pick up on what your theme is and then just like kind of round that out the way that Brian said that you did that with that, with that last verse. And I I just, I don't know. I, I think that that's a really unique thing that, not a lot of people run on. I mean, imagine having Thanks. to like sit there and just grind away and finish that lyric on your own. Like, yeah, it could we be are torment. lucky that we are good friends, you know, yeah, we're like brothers and that intimacy and that trust doesn't come, you know, to just any band uh, yeah. or any, you know, just any partnership. And that, you know, the fact that we love and respect each other the way that we do is such a huge part of how we can uh continue to do it because i mean there are some moments where we disagree and you know it can get dark too you know um <laughs> and that is part of it that's part of the beauty of of having somebody you trust and someone who uh yeah like you said you just you you know intimately enough to sort of know you and to know your weak your your strengths and your weaknesses um and can help you along in, in that process Stay tuned for more Song Facts Podcast right after this. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. The song that comes after this one on the album is called Maria. Um, the word that I wrote down after I listened to the song a couple times, cause it was a little bit, I couldn't quite grasp what I was feeling when I was listening to it, but I wrote down the word perspective. And then I came to the, when I read what you guys did, it sounds like this was written from the perspective of a child or like that at least wasn't your own perspective. Um, 
is that true? And how did it feel to try? Like, I can't imagine trying to write from another perspective than my own. So I'm wondering that there's challenges involved in that. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. You know, I think like in many ways, uh, you know, it's like any author, right. You know, you write what you know. Yep. Um, on the other hand, writing about yourself is kind of boring, you know, <laughs> and, um, and can be very like navel gazy and solipsistic and you don't, it's, it's just like a fast track to being, to getting stuck. Yeah. Um, or writing emo music. <laughs> <laughs> no hate against emo music, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think what I'm trying to think of is like, so when I was in a student in, in university, like we'd get assigned a paper and I'd be like, okay, this professor's about to have 30 of the same exact papers turned into him. So a lot of times I would go and be like, can I try and argue the opposite and turn in a paper of the opposite? And I would do that to try and give myself a challenge and things like that. I also went back to school in my like late twenties. So I was a little bit beyond just like being an 18, 19 year old who was just like going through the motions. I was looking for yeah. ways to challenge myself. And I'm wondering if that's like a an exercise that you could do as a songwriter is just to be like, you know what, I'm going to just, I have this idea in my head and I want to try and do it from this perspective and see what comes up. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say initially that it's not like our primary goal, you know, to like, it's not like we start or set out too much of our writing with the intent to like inhabit a specific other perspective. I think it's more just that um, if you probe deeply enough, into yourself, you start to find other people, you know, and I think that like, no, that that happens a lot in our band, because we share so much of the writing, that inherently, there's multiple people in the song right from the beginning. Mm. Um, and so you can't, you can't go that far into, you know, uh, your own, like, specifically, like your own personal way of of looking at things without at least gauging it against or, or tempering it with some, something else that's bigger than that, that can, you know, that can sort of reach other people, which is, you know, the ultimate goal of, of writing music is to, is to reach people and to, and to have, uh, to find a connection there. And I, I think you just, you know, you do that by tapping into universal things, universal yeah. truths and, and um, universal, universal experiences. So, yeah, again, I just, I feel like being a duo and, and sharing that songwriting uh, is such a, such a huge part of how that happens for our band. Yeah. So let's kind of, let's use that info and talk about the making of Maria. Like where did this song delve from? Because it is just like an inner, like, I think you guys wrote, like, this is a lullaby, right? Yeah. Yeah, I started that song a very, very long time. It was one of the first pieces of music that we began for the record. Um, yeah, late 2017, I'm pretty sure is when. Oh wow! Okay, that. this one's got. Yeah. This is going to be like six years old at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and we there are a couple of different versions of it already out there, actually. Um, but but yeah, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, I think we. I think the one that ended up on the record was like seventh or eighth version of uh recording the song you know we didn't release all those versions but we you know it sort of took yeah. that many iterations to get to a place where we were like this this sort of feels and says it feels like and says what we want um 
more or less. Uh, so yeah, I started that song, <laughs> can you, but can you what? tell listeners that Nick is never fully happy with the end product? By the way, by the way, hundred percent, hundred percent, more or less at the end. <laughs> Just hates putting that final stamp on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm that classic painter, Corey, uh, that doesn't know when <laughs> the final brush stroke is going to happen, um, which is why I need Brian. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, I. I think, so originally this song started as uh, a bunch of things just slamming together in my mind. Um, my partner is a scholar of ancient Judaism. And so there's like a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like talk about ancient scripture in our house, not uh, from necessarily a confessional perspective, but from a historical and literary, uh, you know, sort of academic point of view and um and I love that partly because I feel like and this is something that I think Brian and I both believe that uh you know the best spiritual writing is poetic and is poetry in essence um and so I was thinking a lot about uh just a lot of a lot of different things that were coming from all sorts of angles from ancient Buddhism to ancient Judaism and ancient Christianity. Um, I was thinking of uh, some ancient, or not ancient, some some medieval uh, uh, Eastern European mythology as well. And it all kind of just, I was just writing a bunch of things and throwing them in and um, playing around with words. And all of a sudden the word Maria kind of came out of, of all of that. Hmm. And it, and it was, it was, uh, it was right after Hurricane Maria had okay. uh, devastated Puerto Rico. And so there was, I don't know, I'm not even sure I could tell you exactly how we got to a song. It probably had a lot more to do with Brian's editing hand than my, uh, <laughs> you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall. <laughs> uh, that's not my memory, actually. That My memory of this one is that Nick actually had it, it like, so all songs come differently, right? And yeah. often, you know, you can share a song at a point where it's 30% done or, but my recollection is actually that Nick had, had Maria like at the 90 kind of percent uh, finish stage when he first showed it to me. So yeah, I actually, yeah, I'm going to fully disagree with you on that. Nick. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and some of the best songs come that way. They come really quickly. And I remember Nick telling me like, yeah, this one just kind of came to me one afternoon that I remember the first two verses were pretty much done. Um, yeah, that's okay. That's what it was. The first two verses were done and you weren't sure what to do after that. And then we concluded that a third verse was needed. Um, and then which you is went where and, the word Maria comes in, actually, which is where Maria comes in. But then you came back with the third verse pretty much there. You know, I think we had some small edits, but it was pretty much there. So I think, yeah, I think some of the I mean, creative creativity is a weird thing, right? Some of the best stuff that you produce can come really quickly and then you can struggle for, you know, literally years with other yeah. pieces and they can turn out as like B's or C's. And uh, yeah, Maria, I think. I, from my like re recollection was one of those pieces that came really quickly to Nick. And I don't know, it's, I think it's really beautiful because it came so fast. 
Yeah, I'm glad somebody remembers. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they all get jumbled together over time. And I mean, but that's a testament to just patience with a song like that. I think that's something else that I would struggle with as a songwriter is like, I would just want like, I'm so anxious to like, put that final period on the end of it that I just to sit there with an idea for years and years and, and just wait for the remainder of it to come to me would be I would probably struggle with that, even though I consider myself overall a pretty um, patient person. Um, I would I would almost try and force it more so because I'd just be like, my brain maybe can't move on to the next chapter until I finish one. And it's like, I don't know, when you have an album, you've got 11 songs going at the same time. Like, I think that would just that would just mess me up. To your point, Corey, we definitely did have to force it uh, at, at some point. And <clears throat> Uh, is one of the reasons why there are multiple versions of the song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, and I and actually I would say we it was less um, waiting for it to finish and more it pulling us back time and time again to continue the project. It was like we would leave it, we would want to finish it, and then uh, for and then something would would bring us back to it, and we would say uh, maybe there's more to do here okay yeah i like that i mean that's just that's for the most part just being oh we haven't touched on this one in a while like let's just mess around with this one and and see what might happen i that it seems to me that that's something that would more naturally happen in a studio session than like sending stuff across the country though which is an interesting idea to ponder um all right i want to get your guys's opinion on a couple of things because i've kind of touched on two songs that really resonated with me do either of you, and Brian, let's start with you. Do you feel like there's a song on the album that when you listen to it, you kind of sit back and just kind of say, wow, like that's that's a level up for us as songwriters and creators? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I think, well, I guess I'll go with the last uh, track on the record because it's... Um... It's one that features our friends uh, in Darling Side. It's also one that we struggled really hard with. So, so maybe maybe not a level up for us uh, as as creators in a way, but just uh, you know having those dudes who are you know they're kind of like our older brother band in a way. Um, having them uh, help us out with that tune and and also sing on it, I think they they just did beautiful work. And uh, the end piece, I think, is uh, it just turned out in a way that we both are really proud of, uh, and it took many iterations of failing um to get there so it's just that is one that stands out in my mind that uh i'm just really i think we're both really happy with with how it turned out nicholas before you jump in i'm going to make you dig into that a little bit what about that is making you hit that because i tend to agree that's a it's a it's an amazing song and it's a hell of a song to end an album on and um i'm I'm curious what it is specifically that you're kind of touching on there Definitely. I, well, I would say that was going to be my answer to the question as well. That's fair. Uh, so, uh, uh, and I think 
you know, for a lot of the reasons that Brian already touched on, it was a collaboration with our friends and like, a, you know, a sort of older brother band. Um, we had a lot of help uh, producing that song with one of those members uh, who helped us produce most of the record, uh, really the whole record. Um, but he's Don specifically Mitchell. Don Mitchell, um, oh, yeah. who, who also mixed that, that track. Um, and as the mixing engineer of the band, that was really nice. Uh, so <laughs> there's that. But really more the essence, I think, of what you're talking about came from, uh, again, waiting on this song. This was another one that, yeah. um, that Brian had sort of pulled into the, onto the table uh, years and years back. And um, we had done multiple versions of it, like not, not maybe full, you know, LP uh, versions, but yeah. we had put it together in various you know, ways, arrangements and, and um, compositional uh, sequencing and things like that. And uh, that patience with that song, I think is, is really how it got to where it is now. And, and again, yeah, that sharing of, of, uh, of ownership and like responsibility on that song, um, I think really, really let that song do everything that we wanted it to even though i don't think either of us could have envisioned exactly the you know the way that it um the way that it turned out from the very beginning yeah and and like <laughs> i think the original demo of that song was a good like 15 beats per minute uh faster <laughs> than, than the final version so just to give you an example Corey, of how much this song did uh ebb and flow and change over the course of the original idea to the final piece um yeah i think pa it, without patience it, it wouldn't have uh turned out the way it did yeah um, without patience and also you know guidance from don um and uh and, and that in don's guidance you know goes for the whole record he it took us a long time to make this record and he was really instrumental in kind of shaking us in the right ways to get us to pay attention to the right details and ignore you know some of the things that you think are important um, but in reality, you know, are just tripping you up uh, and leading you down the wrong path. So Don really gets a lot of credit for, uh, for you know, for how this this record turns out or turned out, um, and also uh, in my life specifically. So I love it. Um, okay, so my last question for you guys is, in a, another opinion of um, where I should go. I've got a full year of. Um, conversations like this ahead of me and I'm wondering who you guys are listening to if you want to give me one or two names that I should try and get on this show that I should talk to about some songwriting because I love it obviously you guys are clued into some stuff that I might not be into and um, I love trying to expose people who 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 need it like um, and and deserve it like I think that you guys do and um, I'm always interested to Thank get you. that opinion awesome can I start Nick Yes. <laughs> don't be too excited <laughs> i mean Corey, you gotta start with our one of our best buddies uh chris dupont um he's a songwriter from ann arbor or ypsilanti michigan and uh he's like james taylor meets Suf john meets who would you say nick who's the third one if we had to bundle chris into three people um james taylor sufjan and uh like um maybe uh like really old uh classic ryan adams or uh oh yeah yeah 
or okay. um, or William Fitzsimmons, maybe Noah Gunderson is another one. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, an embodiment Anyways. of all of them. Okay, I like yeah. that. I'll get that <laughs> name down. Songwriter, phenomenal dude, phenomenal guitarist. Yeah, he would be uh, perfect for your show. Highly recommend Sweet. Chris Dupont. Uh, let me jump off that point and uh, uh, mention another one of our friends, Siri Undlin, who goes by the musical uh, name Humbird, who is really uh, one of our favorite songwriters and is just sort of constantly uh, both pushing at the edges of like what, uh, you know, the sort of Midwestern folk sound is, but is really deeply rooted in the you know tradition of songwriting and um and has an incredible voice and is always just like uh always puts on a good show uh yeah i would say humbert okay i like this that i've got these down they're recorded they will be on this show so i will do my best to get them on this show and then um for people listening go check them out on your own this stuff's available to you and um guys Thank you so much for people listening. Again, the album is Safe In Sound, February 9th. Been a long time in the making for you guys. I'm sure you're anxiously anticipating it. We're going to tour with this one? Yeah, we've got some tour dates lined up on the East Coast and the Midwest uh, this spring. Um, Come see us. That'll be more later in the year. Uh, Yeah, francislukeaccord.com. Go check it out. Guys, thank you so much for your time and, and especially for the music. Really appreciate it. And um, let's have you on when, when the next album's ready. Thank you, Thanks, Corey. Corey. Really, really. Thank you so much to Nicholas and Brian of Francis Luke Accord for kicking off our year right. These guys are awesome. I am loving this new album. It is called Safe in Sound and it drops February 9th. And as always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. And we'll see you for the next one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.